Life is full of beautiful moments, hard moments, and a whole lot of mundane in between. And often we find ourselves going through the motions and seeing mostly the hard, mostly the boring, and we end up failing to see the good in our days at all. With Intention is a podcast about knowing what matters to you, living accordingly, seeing the good in our everyday, and doing it all imperfectly because we all have bad days. It's just we don't have to live there. I'm your host, Desiree, and each week I'll share my personal learnings along this journey, along with stories from others about how we're learning to live with intention and celebrate our beautiful, ordinary, everyday lives and see the good in them. My hope is that you'll leave our conversations reminded that this wild, messy life, it's full of purpose and it's meant to be lived well with the utmost intention. So let's get to it. Hi friend, welcome to With Intention. I am so excited to be officially welcoming you to the same podcast with a new name. I'm your host, Desiree, and I have just taken a little over a month break from the podcast. I believe it's been a little over a month. Maybe it's been just a month. I don't know. It's felt like a long time. It's a longer break than I've ever taken since Minimalish started, and I in this time, have been able to pray over and make a well-thought-out decision on a thing that I've been thinking of for the entire year of 2020. Yes, even before the year went crazy, I wanted to change the name of this podcast, I wanted to make it more about intentional living, and I did. Here we are. So if you loved Minimalish as it was, I just want to let you know that I think you're going to love it as it is now as with intention. There's not much that's changing I just feel less forced to talk about things that matter less to me, such as decluttering and the rules that surround minimalism. I think people were searching for minimalism, they were finding with intention, and they were just not finding what they were looking for because I am not your card-holding minimalist. I am not going to give you hard and fast rules. That's not what I'm here for. What I'm here for is living the life that is aligned to our values and that is by doing so with purpose and with intention and I fully believe that if we look for the good in our days if we look at our lives as they are as a beautiful thing we are going to find it easier to live with more purpose in our days we're going to find it easier to live with more intention because we are looking at the things that we do in our everyday lives with purpose so That's what this podcast is all about. We're going to discuss life in general and how to approach every area of our life with intention. And just so you know, I plan to do this in a very honest way, as I've done in the past. I always want to remind you that I'm not coming at these things from an expert standpoint. My life is not like perfectly intentional at all times. I am coming to you from a place of solidarity, of being on this journey with you and sharing my learnings in hopes that you will relate to them or be encouraged by them, but it's in no way from a place of perfection. Let's dig into today's episode, which is part of a series that we are going to be talking about adjustments and changes in our lives. Change is a big part of our lives. I think we go through more change in our lives than we realize, and I think we spend a lot of energy on perfecting what's going on in our current season and then all of a sudden change comes along and we have to start all over with finding a new routine finding a new balance I think we would all do really well to just be present and not seek perfection in our days but rather seek intention and 
And we're going to talk about adjustments because honestly, that's what my life has looked like recently. So it makes sense to talk about it for me. I'm talking about something that I am truly going through, but also I'm going to be talking with guests as well. And this is something that a lot of you asked about. When I asked on Instagram what you all wanted to hear after my podcast break, a lot of you asked about the new house, which we just moved, and the new job, which I just started a new job a little over a month ago now. And I'm excited to share those things with you, but I want this series to come from a place of, you know, being in it. I have a friend coming on to share about adding a new child to the family. And she even said she feels like she's in the midst of it, not on the other side. And I think that that is a great place to be to share about this because not enough of us talk about how hard change truly is. A lot of us like to share how we got through it or our learnings. And I am going to share some learnings today. That's part of it. But I want to talk about the fears as well and the hard parts as well because change without highs and lows, change without emotions and questioning ourselves and wondering if we should have ever made the change in general that kind of change doesn't exist. It doesn't exist without those things. Today, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about this change, this biggest change that I've been making in my life, which is going back to work. I took two and a half years staying at home with my daughter after she was born, and I did work from home during those times, but before she was born, I was a full-time teacher. I left that job so that I could be home with her I had to do a lot of work in the margins, like I said, to make that work financially. But this past summer, I started to feel change coming. I felt a draw towards changing our current situation that I didn't expect that to happen. I expected that I'd be home with her until she went off to school or even possibly expected to homeschool her. And, you know, I don't know what the future holds, but life changes, right? We change, our minds change, and that's what happened here. For the rest of this episode, I'm going to share with you the why, why we made that change, just to give you a little bit of background and understand where I'm coming from. Two, I want to share with you fears that went along with it. And three, I want to share with you some things that I've learned in the midst of it. My hope is that you don't have to be like a stay-at-home mom going back to work or a mom who has been in the midst of this or a mom who is in the midst of this to relate to these things that I've learned because a lot of these lessons that I've learned in the midst of these change can be applied to different changes as well. All right, so let's talk about the why. I talked a lot about stay-at-home motherhood before and really work-at-home motherhood and how I was super passionate about the idea that if you really want to be at home, for many of us, we can make it work if we just make different financial decisions or live differently in general, whether it's finding work in the margins so that we can contribute financially or creating a way for our living expenses to be lower, making lifestyle changes. I was pretty passionate about that because I knew that it worked for us and I have seen others make a similar decision as we did and change their lifestyle, let finances be a little bit tougher maybe for a season so that they can do this thing that's on their hearts. So why in the world did I decide to go back to work? For me, the pandemic did it. I blame it on coronavirus. Truly through the season that we were all home together, I started sensing a need for change. I felt the need to contribute in a different way to the world and not that going to work is the only way that you could do that. That just is what felt right for me. I also mostly, more than anything, I saw a social need in my child and I saw 
that she needed more than just me to interact with. I just wanted to share that to show you where I'm coming from and why we made this change. In the midst of the change, there were a lot of times that I questioned that because my daughter resisted going to childcare and I resisted wanting to take her. I had a lot of emotions that came from this change and I just wanna remind you that that is normal and that is okay if you are going through a similar change. I needed that reminder myself a lot and I still do. Which brings me to the fears that surrounded this specific change. I believe that every change, every adjustment that we make comes with some kind of fear. And the number one fear I had during this adjustment was that I would not be as good of a mom if I worked full time. I would not be as available and therefore I would not be as good of a mom. I share that because I think it is a very normal fear to have in the midst of this type of change because there's a lot of cultural conditioning and conversations and mom shaming around the idea of stay-at-home motherhood versus working motherhood. Whatever side the shaming is on, this conversation is kind of a ridiculous one, very nuanced, and there's just a lot of guilt and shame that go into it, which I wish did not exist. When it comes down to it, that's where my fear came from, and that's probably where a lot of our fears come from, whether we're deciding to stay at home or go back to work. That fear never came from any sort of truth or fact, It came from messages that I've heard from others or, you know, online, just messages that we hear as a culture about motherhood. That's where that fear came from. And that's what I realized. I'd be lying if I said I was on the other side of that fear. And I think that when it comes to change, we don't always get on the other side of the fear that comes with that change, at least not within a month and a half of the change. But it doesn't mean that we quit or that the change is bad. It's more about what we do with that fear or how we move past it or what we let it drive us to. I had a student recently who said something super wise. We were talking about the subject of heroes, which sounds irrelevant, but stick with me here. They said that a quality of a hero is their fear. And without their fear, they would never be driven to do the heroic things anyways. They just let their fear drive them to something instead of letting them stay stuck. And I think that that's true of us. If we want to be a hero in the midst of our changes, or if we want to maybe overcome these fears, I should say, we don't have to be a hero, but if we want to overcome these fears and live in our current season with intention, we have to let fear drive us to action in some way versus letting it keep us stuck or keep us going through the motions in our lives, keep us anxious. These are all things that some days I experienced, but on my good days, I've experienced that fear driving me to more prayer and more reliance on God or more speaking truth to myself and breaking down these lies that I've believed. I've let this fear drive me to looking at how I can be the best mom in the midst of this change instead of believing, well, I just can't be the best mom if I'm a working mom and believing that fear. I've let it drive me to, no, if I'm, I'm not going to believe that, so how can I be? How can I intentionally do this well? It's led me to reflection and action. And what I have to continue to remind myself to do is speak truth and move past the fear. Let it drive me to good things and living well versus keeping me stuck. So here are 
three things I've learned through this change, through going back to work full-time after two and a half years of being home with my daughter. The first change is in direct opposition to the fear that I just talked about, and that is working is making me a better mom. I'm learning that working is making me a better mom, contrary to what my fear told me. I've believed a lot of lies, like I said, about stay-at-home motherhood versus working motherhood. I believed that staying at home would give me and my daughter the best experience, but the truth is, not one is better than the other. You just have to find what works best for you and your family in your season. Right now, this structured day, the ability to put work down when I come home instead of working in the margins like I was doing before, the different social experiences that my daughter is getting, it's been good for all of us, and I feel like a better mom than before. I feel like a happier mom than before, too. I'm not telling you that you should go to work or stay home to be a better mom. I'm not telling you one or the other. What I'm suggesting is that if you feel a change might be needed, whether that's in your motherhood or any situation, but you have a nagging fear that's telling you that you'll be less of a mom or less of a wife or less of whatever role that you play, Remember that there's a lot of cultural conditioning going on that is playing into that fear. When it comes to motherhood, what I've found is that both are good. Working motherhood is good. Staying at home is good. Both are good and both are hard. Both are beneficial in different ways. We don't have to choose one or the other because that's what we feel like we have to do. That's what, what someone else told us to do. If you choose to live your life based on what someone else feels or believes, you'll never live the best life for you and your family, the one that's based on your values, not someone else's. So that's the first thing I've learned. I'm gonna step off my soapbox about that now because I just was on it while I was telling you about my fears and now through the first learning. Let's move on to something else. All right, friend, I wanted to take a minute or two to tell you about some things that I love and I've created for you. And the first one is Simple Morning Lists. So if you haven't heard me talk about Simple Morning Lists, it is basically a morning companion journal. It's a daily practice of letting go of what you shouldn't be holding on to, of getting grateful for the good things in your life and reminding yourself of where you're headed, of who you want to be of what you want to be about. So in a nutshell, what this journal includes is templates for you to make these five lists that I've been making for almost two years now every morning. And you can really do this at any time of the day. I do it in the morning and I think it's a great way to start your day, but it can be beneficial at any part of the day. Whenever you can grab five minutes and jot some things down. The five lists I wanna let you in on, they are a surrender list, a gratitude list, a purpose statement, an affirmations list, and a focus list. The journal also includes weekly challenges and essays to go along with each of these lists scattered throughout. To me, fall and a new season, right around the corner, a new month even, it's the perfect time to really reinstate routines that might have fallen by the wayside or a routine that you've been wanting to build into your day, whether that's morning or evening. This can be done at any time of the day. It's been one of the most beneficial things for me to start my day this way. And I'm super grateful that over a thousand of other women are doing this with me every single morning. So if you haven't checked it out yet, head to simplemorninglist.com to find out more. That's simplemorninglist.com. All right, let's get back to today's episode. The second thing that I've learned 
is to give time and grace to yourself and to others through transitions. This change was a big one. Everyone in our house felt it. Everyone in our house had a hard time with it. Sometimes I'm still having a hard time with it. It's a big adjustment. Give yourself and the people around you grace. Give yourself and the people around you time. It took my daughter three to four weeks to adjust to a new schedule, and she's thriving in it now, but it took her a while. I had to remind myself that that's normal and that this is not a mistake just because it's taking my three-year-old and myself time to adjust. Take space, take alone time, ask for what you need as you adjust to something new and adjust to the emotions around you as well because that's just a lot. There's a lot of inward stuff happening and there's a lot of things around you. There's other people adjusting that you're responsible for and that you're taking care of. You need to take care of yourself during a change like this so that you can be supportive to those emotions that are happening around you as well. It's hard to be supportive to anyone else's feelings through this change, whatever change it is, when you're not giving yourself time and space to feel your own emotions and to deal with your own stuff that's happening inside of you through this. So that's something that, you know, to put this to action, something that I've done is both my husband and I kind of give each other time and space on the weekends or during the week, whether he just takes our daughter to the park after he picks her up one day for a little bit to give me a little bit of extra space or whether it's on a weekend and I give him a night away, whatever. We love to be together as a family and it's more important than ever to be present together now that we are both parents working I put it in quotes outside of the home because I'm working from home, but my daughter is still in childcare. So it's more important than ever to be together, but it's also really important to still have time and space to ourselves. And that's something that we both need. That's something that most of us need that I don't think we realize is just time and space to do things that fill us up. And for many of us, that is getting alone, getting by ourselves. For many of us, maybe that's being with a friend or um, doing something with a group of friends if you're more of an extrovert outside of your home, outside of your normal day-to-day. Give yourself time and grace through transitions. Give the people around you in your home that are dealing with this transition too, give them time and grace. And yes, I'm talking about this in the context of going back to work after staying at home, but this can apply to any change. Another thing that I've been learning or that I already knew but I put into practice is that it's easier to build new habits at the beginning of a transition or a big change, an adjustment, whatever you want to call it. I actually read this in a book, Atomic Habits, I believe it was, but building good habits or a new habit that you want to build can actually be easier to do when your life is changing in some way. So whether that's moving to a new home or starting a new job or whatever it might be, if you know what habits you want to build around that or what routines you might want to try to build, do your best to do it right away from the beginning because it is easier to build those habits before you start to fall into autopilot type routines that just kind of come about without you putting effort and intention into the routines that you want. So When it comes to habits and routines, some examples might be building good work habits or a morning routine that falls in line with your new 
whatever your day looks like now or whatever your life looks like now in the midst of this transition. It's easier to start it right off the bat. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to forever stay the way that you've started it. You don't have to wait until you have this like elaborate, perfect routine or habit plan to start. It's just about starting so that you don't fall into, fall into a routine without all the habits that you wanted to build. They'll be a little harder to build in later. Of course, it's still possible. I would never tell you that it's not. It's always possible to build in new habits that are going to benefit you and help you live more intentionally. But it's easy. It, it, it just makes it easy if you do it from the beginning with a new change. It's like this psychological thing. I don't know the science behind it, but it just is. Trust me. So... For me, something that I have tried to do from the beginning with this new job, I knew I'd be sitting more after a summer of being super active, so I've tried to wake up early to walk, and that is kind of a complete shift in what my morning routine looked like before, but it's something I started from the beginning, and really just walking and moving in general, whether that's walking my dog during the day at some point, taking 20 minutes to walk a mile and a half, I have tried to build this in my routine from the beginning. It does not look perfect. It is not a perfect habit that I've already got built in. But if I waited till now, like a month and a half in, to ever start it at all, I probably would have a harder time getting up early and doing it. And like I said, I don't do it every single day yet. I plan to hopefully get there. But it's just easier to build in new routines, new habits. If you know what your mornings want, you want your mornings to look like. If you're if you know what you want certain habits to if you know a certain habit that you've wanted to build for a long time, but you haven't been able to, if you are in the midst of a change or transition, try to build that habit in. Even if it doesn't look perfect at first, even if you have to move it to a different part of your day, eventually try to build that habit in from the start. It makes things easier. The last thing that I'm learning, the last kind of lesson I've learned during this transition of going back to work is that minimalism is even more needed now that I'm working and that it is possible for a working mom. Slow living, minimalish living, intentional living, minimalism for my schedule, for my mindset, all of these things have been so needed and so possible as I've started working full-time. I have heard a lot of questioning or excuses or critiques from people who do work full-time, maybe outside of the home or whatever, just working moms who are working full-time that minimalism is not possible for them because they lead such a busy life or slower living isn't possible for them because they lead such a busy life. I just want to encourage you that I am seeing it as essential and possible during this time. Yes, my days look less slow. My mornings are less slow than I would like them to be. My days look a lot different and they are busier. Busy is a word that I sometimes can say and actually mean and it's not something I can really work around. But I still get to set the pace of my day outside of the things that I'm required to do. So yes, I'm required to go to work and work for eight hours a day. But I don't have to pack my schedule afterwards or pack my schedule before work. I can still build in things that are important to me. I can still own less stuff so that I don't have to worry about cleaning my house a ton. Actually, it is more important than ever because I have less time to clean my house. So all of these mindsets that I've talked about on this podcast when it was minimalish for the past year and a half plus, all of these things are absolutely still relevant, absolutely still essential, 
absolutely making my life better as a working mom, just as they did when I was staying at home. I think the minimalism community that's on Instagram, if you search the minimalism hashtags or the minimalist mom hashtag or anything like that, if you find someone talking about minimalism on Instagram and they are mom, there is a good chance that that person might stay at home. There's a big community of stay-at-home moms in general who are sharing on Instagram. So that's what you might find. You might find that perspective. And you might believe that minimalism isn't for you because your life looks different than that. I just want to encourage you that if you do work, whether it's outside of the home, inside of the home, part-time, full-time, minimalism is essential even more (laughs) for you if you're feeling overwhelmed. This is something to explore. It has helped me so much as I've made this transition to make things less overwhelming. Our house never feels like it's at an overwhelming place because I have less stuff taking up my time and overwhelming me and I'm able to give my energy to my work and give my energy to my family and not worry about my home being a disaster. All right, as we wrap this episode up, I do wanna give one last reminder slash it's kind of a learning, it's kind of something I've been learning, but it's more of a reminder overall. If you're going through some kind of transition this year, 2020, I just wanna remind you that everything is hard this year. Everything, pandemic, life makes childcare harder. It makes everything harder. It makes everything feel a little more stressful than it would be in a normal year. It makes schooling harder. Everything about like parenting and motherhood harder. Give yourself plenty of grace and space and keep moving. If you are going through any kind of transition, whether it's a move or going back to work or bringing a new baby home or getting married or like whatever, it's going to be harder and more stressful and come with a lot of weird feelings this year than maybe in a normal year. So remember that. Remember to give yourself grace and space, but keep going and remember that you are not alone in that Everyone is having a hard time and it's okay. We are going to make it through this crazy, weird year. That is all I have for the content of today's episode, but I do want to end with a challenge. This is something I started a couple of months ago, and I think I still want to do this, even with the name change. I think application is important. And though this episode might feel specific to someone considering changing their situation with their work or with their motherhood. I want this to relate to you or be an action step you can take if you're considering change of any type or if you're in the midst of a transition in general. So I have two. The first action step slash challenge is to think about a fear that is getting in your way lately, a fear that's popping up in your mind, whatever that might be. And I want you to think of what this fear is maybe keeping you from. What type of actions, what is this fear usually driving you to? What is it keeping you from? And I want you to just flip the script there, rewrite the narrative. What can this fear drive you to do to take action in some way? Maybe it can drive you to your faith, to rely on your faith. Maybe it can drive you to reflecting on yourself and and what this fear is really about, where it's really coming from, and speak truth to yourself instead. I just want you to reflect on a fear if there's something that's been coming up that's been kind of keeping you from, from taking action or doing something that you want to do. 
Another action step, if that one's not relevant to you, is to ask for time and space. Whether your life is busied up with work or you are overwhelmed with motherhood right now, I know that when I start to feel overwhelmed and when I kind of need a break, I start to almost feel a spiral coming. So if you're feeling anything like that, just claustrophobic in some way, or like you really just need space to breathe, I encourage you to ask for what you need. Whether you can rely on a spouse or a family member or a friend to just get an hour or two or more on your own by yourself, or whether it's asking a friend to come over and you know being in your home with your kids still, but just getting a mental break, having someone else there to take on the load and, and being with someone that supports you, I just encourage you to do whatever it is you need to do to ask for what you need to get a little bit of a break. Whatever that break looks like, whether it's with other people or without, whether it's with your kids there or without, take time, take space, for yourself, we all need it. It doesn't have to be something that we do all the time. It doesn't have to be unattainable, like this goal that you would have this beautiful, perfect alone time. Even if your kids are there, how can you just take a breather, take some space, take care of yourself if you feel yourself at this point where you are unable to deal with the emotions inside of you and you're unable to deal with the stress and anxiety that's building up and therefore you're unable to deal with maybe feelings and be of support of the people around you. Whether we're going through any kind of change or transition or not in our lives, that is a place we can often get to and I think we all need to stop and take a breather a little bit more often. And that's all for today. If this episode encouraged you in any way, or if you're excited about the name change for Minimalish from Minimalish to With Intention, I would love to see you share this on Instagram or share it with a friend. You can just text it to them. I am so grateful more than ever for you inviting more friends into this community. Thank you so much in advance for sharing. If you have positive, happy things to say about the podcast and you'd like to give it a positive rating or review, I'd be super grateful for that as well. And I'm just grateful that you're here, that you're hanging out with me. I pray that you leave this space feeling a little less alone today. I will talk to you right back here again on the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.